Blog Talk Radio. From Los Angeles, California, to Orlando and around the world, even Taylor Jones joins us today. Plus, John Cusimano from the New Jersey rock band John the Gun. It's going to be Music Friday Live and a great Music Friday Live today, so stay with us. From Los Angeles, California, it is Music Friday Live. I'm Patrick O'Heffernan, your host. We are brought to you by Solar City, your source for clean, sustainable energy. This is your show. These bands are here to talk with you, so call us. Call us at 347-215-7511. That's 347-215-7511. Or email your questions and your comments to musicfridaylive at gmail.com. Well, you know, I always take a couple of minutes to you know, to tell you what's on my mind, and I do have something on my mind, and that is musicians need to get paid. <laughs> I know I sound like a broken record, but, um, you know, th- there's a new, there's a model at clubs in L.A. It's called the pay-to-play model, and in this model, musicians actually pay the clubs to play in them, and it, it's, it's actually infecting other cities, too. And it's just another blow to both fans and bands. I mean, good bands can actually lose money playing at small and medium-sized clubs. You know, if they have a slow night or if there's a lot of competition, there's you know stuff they can't really control. So this, to me, highlights a problem, that there is no good infrastructure to book small and medium-sized clubs that guarantees that artists get paid and fans get to see their favorite bands. Well, that is about to change. A new platform has launched called RogueNation.com, which crowdsources bookings. That's right. Bands tell fans where they want to play, and then fans put up the money to see to it that they can do that. So bands win, fans win, we all win. RoadNation.com launched Monday with nine bands, including one of my favorite, Halo Circus. And I think this is this is going to be the future of touring, at least in the clubs that are, you know, a thousand seats or less or so, because they're not owned and operated by, you know, the one big company that does all of that. So so check it out, you know, RoadNation.com. Uh, check and see. Maybe your favorite band is up there. If not, shoot them an email and say they should be. Get your friends together, raise, you know, four or five, six hundred dollars, whatever it takes. You can have the band play in your town. Heck, you can have the band play in your backyard. So that's uh, roadnation.com. And I think this is really going to change the way things are done in the touring industry. Well, we'll take a break right now and we're going to welcome in our affiliates. So don't go away because when we come back, even Taylor Jones is going to join us from Orlando. Cameo Entertainment Group and Cyberstation USA are now part of Stitcher, a free radio app for your smartphone. With Stitcher, you can listen to live programming as well as archive radio programming right on your phone. To obtain Stitcher, just go to the App Store for your particular phone. Go to search, then type in Stitcher. That's Stitcher. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. Then download. It's that simple. Stitcher, a free radio app for your smartphone. Convenient access to live and archive Cyberstation USA programming on your mobile phone. That's Stitcher. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. Cyberstation USA. Always on the go. Well, I'm Patrick O'Heffernan. I'm host of Music Friday Live, and I'm welcoming all of our listeners on the CyberStationUSA.com network and all of their radio affiliates. Hi there, Tampa. If you have questions or comments for our guest, you can call us, 347-215-7511. Or if you know, you're at work and you've got your earphones on, you're not really paying attention to that PowerPoint, but you're listening to us, you can email your questions, musicfridaylive at gmail.com, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. And also, you know, if, you're, if you're listening to us on a podcast, you can still email your questions. We'll forward them on to the band, okay? And they can send an answer back through us. Well, before we meet our next guest, I wanted to remind everybody 
that, especially the musicians and the fans out there, that Music Friday Live is a partner with World Arts. The, World Arts is the global music platform that connects artists with fans and brands and industry pros. Now, World Arts offers bands live performances. I was actually at one last night. It was, you should check uh, my Twitter feed for some of the video. It also has video shoots, recording sessions, and master songwriting classes, and it's free. Fans can get new music, they can see intimate shows, they can meet their favorite artists. So if you're a band or a fan or a member of the music industry, you should be part of World Arts. Sign up at www.worldarts.com. It's free. We are all there, and you should be too. Well, we play all kinds of music here on Music Friday Live. If you can dance to it, we play it, and we talk to the artists who make it. But once in a while, I like to indulge myself in the music I grew up with, you know, brought forward into the 21st century. I do this because it pushes so many happy buttons for me and also for my listeners. That music is good old-fashioned rock and roll, and we have with us today even Taylor Jones, a rock and roll artist who knows how to push my happy buttons and happy buttons of thousands of people around the world in 30 countries. Jones writes and plays the best funky, soulful, get down and get happy, rock and roll this side of the moon. Even better, he grew up a couple of miles from me, so we share a past, although, you know, separated by a few decades, but who's counting? Even Taylor Jones, I am delighted to welcome you to Music Friday Live. Thanks for having me. I hope you're uh, hope you're doing well today. Uh, it's a beautiful day in sunny Florida, for sure. And, so, and it's good, a, it's a, glad to be here. It's a beautiful day here in sunny Los Angeles, too. But but I'm dying to ask you about Orlando um, in Florida. L- like I said in my introduction, um, you and I grew up a couple of miles from each other, you in Inglewood and me in Westchester. I, I actually learned how to swim at Westchester High School. But wow. you moved. <laughs> I know. Yes. Yes. You yes. moved. <laughs> what took you to Orlando? My mother... Um... My my parents split when I was really young, so my mother wanted to get us out of um, Inglewood. She wanted to get us out of the ghetto, and uh, so her job was just expanding uh, with human resources and the job that she was doing um, for Campus Crusade, and one of the options was to move to Florida, and she took it with open arms, and we drove, um, yeah, we drove to Florida okay. and, uh, in, a, in, a, in a blue wagon. Well, of course, Inglewood is not the ghetto anymore. In fact, it's got a pretty lively music scene, and uh, I'm actually in Inglewood every now and then. Uh, But I see Disney Springs hashtags on your Instagram posts. Uh, Do you play there regularly at Disneyland, Disney World? We play there pretty often. Um, At least, let's see, in, in the month of January alone, we were there 17 times. Um, in, in different locations. Um, it's really expanding over there at Disney Springs. They've got a lot of new things going on, new restaurants, um, new venues, new stages for, for artists and stuff like that. And uh, it's, it's, it's a new vibe to, to Disney World, uh, the marketplace. So we're glad to be a part of it. Well, I noticed that you also tour a lot. In fact, your website says that you've played in over 30 countries. What's the most unusual place you've played in? Um, well, my music is being played in over 30 countries. Um, I I would love, and soon, you know, I I certainly will travel, um, more and further out and play in other countries and stuff like that. But, um, the most unusual place that I've played in, um, it had to be, let's see, uh, just playing music in general, probably, uh, Santa Cruz. Bolivia. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, way, <laughs> right. way, way out there. Yeah. Yeah. South America. And, and no doubt they loved you, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, it was just a little, little family gathering party um, that, that, you know, a family was having and I, I got to serenade. So yes, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, of course, but, uh, we should, uh, we should give our audience a, a little sample what people hear in your live show. So this is uh, Over Your Shoulder. Well now, 
That's what I mean about good old-fashioned rock and roll brought into the 21st century. Did, did you write that? Yes. Yeah, and, absolutely. And that, I, go ahead. Yes, yes. And, I, I wrote it um 2011. And, and that's you playing the guitar there? Um, I have a lead guitarist. I have a, I have a full band, actually. Um, and I take them into the studio as well. Um and so I, it's a very democratic process. I allow for the band members to really indulge uh, and, and get acquainted with what they want to do with the music. I like different interpretations. Um, so I write the bare bones of the song on acoustic guitar and the lyrics, um, and I just I, I bring it to the band, and we go one way with it. I, I give them a vibe, maybe. You know, I say, I, I want this song to sound like this, I, or I was listening to this when I wrote this song, and they pick it up. So it's it's beautiful. It's a blessing. And it works. It works. Now, I understand that you learned the guitar when you were injured playing baseball, That you were, once you were headed for a baseball career. What, what drew you to the guitar, especially since you listened to classical music uh, when you were a kid? Yes, um... Well, the injury was, it was a basketball injury. Uh, baseball would have been a lot of fun, too. Um, if I had more time, I would have played some baseball. But um, it was a basketball injury, and I tore my labrum uh, my senior year of high school. And so I was in between whether I should get surgeries or whether I should keep my scholarships and, and keep you know looking at schools to go to to play basketball. Um, but I didn't want to get surgery. Uh, there was just a fear in me that, that just didn't want to get surgery. And the time it would take to recover, it just didn't add up. It didn't make sense. So um, I was in a sling for about three months, and I couldn't do much physical activity. So my stepfather bought me a guitar, and it was over from there. I really started to dissect music and the old music that I had been listening to, um, you know, by way of my mother just in the house when she was cleaning or cooking or anything like that. So, yeah, changed my life, improved my life. Well, we're glad you did. I, we, we owe a debt to your stepfather for buying you that guitar. Uh, Absolutely. Now, the new EP, I've been listening. I spent most of yesterday listening to the new EP, the, the Sunray Sessions. And correct me if I'm yeah. wrong, but I think that uh, with the exception of Happy to Groove with you and Over Your Shoulder, that's all new songs in there. Is that right? Yes, yes. There's two covers on there, and then Alike is um, Alike is the the brand new baby that we that we love playing so much. So yes. Okay, we're going to play a little bit of Alike in in a few minutes. But uh, um, I also understand that you were in the studio for 14 hours putting that album together. Is that right? Yes, and get this the the night before. So I was running on three hours of sleep. So the night before, we had played two shows. We played one uh, at downtown Disney, Disney Springs, and then we went to Tampa to play till 2 a.m. And Tampa, with traffic, is, is it's, a, it's a good hour and a half, maybe two hours depending on traffic. So I didn't get home till 4, um, didn't get to sleep till 5, had to be at the studio at 8 o'clock, and we oh. missed 14 hours. Straight, pretty much, man. Fourteen hours. We took a couple breaks. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna try and kill people, but we did fourteen hours, and it was solid. So, well, uh, the album came out very solid. But um, I'm curious about the title. I imagine that fourteen hours, you didn't see a lot of sunlight. So, so where does the <laughs> title come from? <laughs> uh, well, uh, the title. We recorded our first album um, called Songs from an Old Soul. We recorded it at Sunray Recording Studios. Um, and we look back on it now and we're happy with the way it was received. Uh, could it have been received by more people? Yes. 
the promotion was very undervalued. Um, and also, we weren't very happy with the way the recording process was done. That was for our first album. Uh, so for this album, it was kind of like, all right, well, how can we get back at them, uh, you know, the people who engineered it and, and, and mastered it and, and, you know, kind of had their way with our sound? How can we get back at them without really hurting anybody? Um, so it was kind of a funny game. We went back to Sunray, and we recorded the 14-hour uh, tracking for the Sunray session, and we hired our own engineers this time, um, and we produced the whole thing. Uh, and, you know, we spent as much time as we needed to on it, uh, from the pre-production to the, the actual live recording to the videos. We, we hired a videographer, um, and then everything after that, you know, we, we had a hand in the mastering and the mixing. So, yes, back at Sunray. That's why, that's why we called it the Sunray Session. Well, you know, it, it really, all that work paid off. It, it shows throughout the entire album the, the quality that, that's there. Uh, in fact, I want to uh, let our listeners have a little uh, little taste of that. This is uh, another song that this is closer together. Now you see we're on this road together. Yes, indeed. Closer together, and that's a that's a great example of uh, your kinder, gentler R and B skills, and how you can push a whole different set of happy buttons. Is there? A, uh, you just told us a story behind that, uh, the recording of that song. But is there a story behind the the content of that song? Is there a person that you're that was in your mind when you when you uh, did that? I was thinking more about family, uh, my family my bandmates' family, because we've all gotten close. I've gotten close to all of those guys and, and uh, my sisters, too, which are the girls in my band. Um, we've all gotten close from our families to, you know, um, everything that we do outside of music. So I think it, I think it goes without saying you're much stronger uh, when, you're, when you're together. You know, when you have a oneness, you're much stronger. You can achieve, you can achieve more. You can achieve most. Um, rather than being by yourself and trying to go at things completely alone. Um, so that's what that song is about. Well, your your music uh, demonstrates that that's absolutely uh, a truism. We are talking with uh, even Taylor Jones about his tours, his songs, and his new album, uh, The Sunray Sessions. And you can talk with him, too. You can phone us at 347-215-7511. You can email us, and some of you have been emailing us, so we're going to turn to those emails now. But you can email us at musicfridaylive at gmail.com. Let, let, let's uh, turn to some of those emails here. This is um, Remington in Chicago, and Remington says... Um, your next tour should include Chicago. You should try the Blues Fest or Ravinia or the Spring Awakening. You ever, ever played in Chicago? I have not played in Chicago, but we are coming to Chicago in the summer. Yes, we'll be there in August. Whoa, whoa, okay. Uh, is that on your website? Have you announced that yet? No, I have not. I have not announced any of the dates yet, but it is in the works. We're working through two booking agencies. And we're also working with a press company out of uh, Burbank, California. So, okay. yes, okay. yes, it is well, in the works. Well, Remington, you heard it first, and thanks for bringing it up. Okay, Buster in St. Louis wants to know if you play any other instruments besides the guitar. I play the microphone, my vocals, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I play a little bit of keyboard. I play a little bit of piano. Um, I'm actually having a piano tuner come to my house on the 17th of this month to uh, tune my piano so that I can play more often and, and write songs on the piano. So 
a little bit of piano. Um, as a guitar player, you know, uh, I can I can do the basic things on a bass. So I gotta say, I'm no professional in any other category as far as uh, instruments, but I can I can dabble. I can play. Okay, all right. Uh, let's see. We have uh, Rector in New York City, and Rector wants to know if you ever come up to New York City. He says we got a lot of great clubs that that are perfect for your kind of music. Yes, we will be in New York City. Uh, we'll, gosh, we'll be there for we'll be in New York for at least four days uh, on this tour. We're, we're going to we'll be coming from Montreal, so we'll be going to um, Albany and Saratoga, and then we'll be in Brooklyn and Manhattan. Um, yeah, so that's in August as well. It's on the same tour. Well, we got two little news events here. Uh, thank you for bringing that up, Rector. Um, now, speaking of uh, touring, uh, you were in L.A. last year. You you played at the House of Blues, which, of course, is no longer there. Um, you opened for the Wailers, uh, Bob Marley's band. Was there a special feeling being on stage with legendary artists? Did, did it affect how you played? Yes. Oh, my goodness. And just the uh, – because – that's some of the music that my mother would play in the house as well is from Bob. And my, I remember my brother having cassette tapes of Bob Marley when I was younger, and I didn't understand the music, especially with the way that the drum beat was. It was kind of lagging, you know, in a sense. It, it, it's just a different, it's a different time. It's a different, it's a different feel. Um, and I didn't understand that, but, you know, now that I am so into music and all kinds of music, and especially roots music, like like reggae, it was surreal being on stage, on that same stage as as the Whalers, and to 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 be in the same light as people who played with such an icon and a legend and and a prophet, you know, somebody somebody of, of such stature, you know, it was it was surreal. I, I can't explain it any other way. Okay, well, I think you explained it very very well. Now, there's more to you than just the music of today. I understand that you you sometimes see yourself as an old soul. In fact, you have an album called "Old Songs from an Old Soul." Where did that come from? What aged your soul? What aged my soul? Well, um, honestly, the with the way technology has gone and expanded, um, technology is great, but it has also been used to, uh, it's also been used for laziness, like you say. I'll be straight up and honest, especially on the music side of things. You know, a lot of the way, the way production goes in a lot of studios now is like, we'll edit it in post. Well, my mentality is still, let's get it right this time. Let's get it right next time. Let's get it right the next time. You know, let's get it right before we get to post-production because that creates good habit. That creates good measure. That creates something that is prosperous. You know, it creates something that in that, that, that it's, it's instilled to you, into you to be like, all right, I'm going to play as best as I can every time. Um, and I feel like back in the day, uh, at least, you know, in the days of rock and roll where they were recording on tape and um, the the best that they could do is cut the tape and pray that it lines up the right way, um, they were perfectionists. They were more perfectionists. And the technology wasn't as advanced, so they had no choice. Um, so that's a part of me that is an old soul. I I like to get it right in the studio, and I, I don't really trust uh, post-production as much as I trust human nature. Um, so, well, you're following in the footsteps of a great photographic artist uh, who that who once said, um, "If you get it in the negative, you don't have to worry about losing it in the dark room." Um, yeah. That, <laughs> all right, that's true. Yeah, that, huh? I've never heard yeah. that. That's true, though. Uh, and of course, we don't have negatives anymore, but it still applies. If you get it in that first shot, you don't have to worry about manipulating it later on with 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 Photoshop. That was Ansel Adams that said that, incidentally. Um, now uh, you have a ch- you have a charity called the Old Soul Community. What is that all about? What does it do, and how can people get involved in it? 
the Old Soul Community Charity, uh, it is it's an it's an organization that promotes um, the best way in, in a brief way that I can say this is we are trying to keep art and music in to the underprivileged community for the youth because of the benefits that art and music have on a child's upbringing. Um, it helps with confidence, self-esteem. It helps with mathematics, um, writing, reading, um, just your everyday conversation. Um, you know, it, it helps in so many ways that nowadays students are so distracted with technology as it is, you know, they don't want to be given some homework all the time, you know. They don't want to be given a piece of paper or a, a, a notebook with black and white lettering that, you know, has a, an end date on it saying you got to do it by this time or you fail the class. These are children we're dealing with. So the in, the attention span as we get, you know, as we move forward in, 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 uh, in our lives, the attention span is lessening. So... Like with everything, it's good to learn things at a young age. And um, what I'm seeing now is in underprivileged communities, we are taking, or the school boards are taking art and music out of the school curriculum, little by little, because they feel like it's the easiest thing to give up. Uh, a child is not going to be attached to it at this age. That's not true. That's not true at all. So um, we want to encourage and empower the youth, uh, one, that you know, they can take the art and music seriously and they can make a career out of it and also want them to know and be for sure about the benefits that it has on their lives. And it, in a lot of ways, you know, these kids that are coming from broken homes, it can improve the way they see their situation, you know. So that's that's what we're trying to get out of, out of old and people. Community. And people can get involved in that by going to your website and clicking on charity. Isn't, uh, is that the best way to do it? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, we've got time for one more song, and I promised everybody uh, that we would play Alike. So let's listen to a little bit of this great song, Alike. That's a like from the uh, the Sunray uh, Sessions album, and uh, I, I, I love the horns. They add so much color to to a song, and you use the horns on several songs in the EP. But correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't recall horns in the songs from the Old Soul album. Are you introducing horns into your music more now? Yes. Um, well, you know, for this album, for the, for the EP, the Sunray Sessions Live. It is a very standout album. It's a it's it's a piece of art that is, you know, the color's orange. The the, the face, uh, the cover art is orange, so it pops out and it's got this the seventies, um, kind of streak of of uh, of font, you know, for the cover art as well. And it's a happy album. You know, you feel you feel a, a vibe of peace. You feel a vibe of enlightenment. You feel some sunshine. It is the sunray session. So I wanted to add that color to the music. So when I, when I hired the horn section to come in, that was my thought process from, from the get go. So yes, color is the the perfect word. Yes. (laughs) Well, it certainly worked. Well, we have a lot more things to talk about. I'd love to talk about music in the key of relationships and a lot of other things, but unfortunately, uh, we are out of time. So, uh, even Taylor Jones, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. It's been delightful. Thanks. I really appreciate it. Um, music Friday has been great, and I'm, I'm so glad you guys got a hold of me. And thanks for pushing the promotion, you know, as much as you did. I, I really appreciate that. 
Well, that's, that's what we do here. Even Taylor Jones, his new EP, The Sunray Sessions, and you should you actually you should just collect all of his music. And, and you can do that. You can go to eventaylorjones.com or you can go to amazon.com or CD Baby or iTunes and uh, get yourself an Old Soul community patch while you're there. That You can do that also at the website, and then you'll help even bring music to children. Um, we've got to take a break now, and when we return, two-thirds of John the Gun join us. Don't go away. You're going to find out which two-thirds, okay? You're not going to want to miss this. Uh, We'll be right back. World Arts brings the entire music world together on one global stage. We give artists the tools to sell and license their music, interact with industry pros, and play live to a whole new audience. Wherever they are on their journey, We want artists to get paid for what they create. At World Arts, fans can discover new songs, get exclusive rewards, and crowdfund projects for artists. Brands can offer opportunities for artists to create original content that fans can instantly vote on and share. Our troops aren't the only ones fighting right now. Thousands of military families are in crisis. They're fighting financial battles, how to pay the bills, even how to keep their homes and feed their children. You can help by supporting Operation Homefront, a national nonprofit that provides emergency assistance for military families and for wounded warriors when they come home. To learn more about how you can help, go to OperationHomefront.net. Well, we're back at Music Friday. I'm Patrick O'Heffernan, your host. And don't forget, we'd like to hear from you. You can uh, call us, 347-215-7511. You can email us. And my apologies to the people whose emails arrived just as we uh, were, were leaving with even Taylor Jones, but I'll forward, forward your questions on to him. You can email us at musicfridaylive at gmail.com. Uh, before we talk to our guests, I want to just give you a short word from our sponsor, Solar City, because they are such wonderful people. Now, solar power is a huge win-win for homeowners, but a lot of people are reluctant to take the plunge into solar, you know, because of the upfront costs. Well, Solar City allows you to go solar for zero upfront costs on approved credit. That's right. Solar City will come out. They'll install the solar system on your home for free. You only pay for the power you use, you know, just like you do from the utility company, but you pay for a lot less power because the sun's making it as much as half of it. So Solar City pays for the system. It insures the system. It maintains the system. All you have to do is sit back and enjoy the savings. So if you have been ready for solar, but solar hasn't been ready for you, it is now at Solar City, America's number one clean energy provider. How do you find out? Well, I'm going to give you a phone number. You knew I was going to give you a phone number, so you're ready to write it down. It's 909-618-6937. That's right, 909-618-6937. And tell them I sent you. Tell them Music Friday sent you, and they will give you a discount. So once again, that's 909-618-6937. That's Solar City. Well, our mission here is to showcase emerging bands and those that are on the cusp of national success. One of the joys of this mission is that every now and then, you know, we discover a real gem, a not-so-rough diamond that is set in a local music scene but has the chops and the talent to be much, much more. John the Gun fits that description. Tucked away in the northern New Jersey music scene with an occasional foray into uh, tiny venues in New York City, this alt-rock trio has something very special. They weave highly sophisticated arrangements together with lyrics and soul-satisfying hard rock. Now, they've released about a dozen tracks, 10 of them collected onto an album called uh, Tread Eternal, and they are now gearing up to make some noise with appearances and social media. So given how good they are, we are happy to help. We are joined by two of the three members of John the Gun, John Cusimano and uh, Dan Jernick. Gentlemen, welcome to Music Friday Live. Hey, Patrick, thanks so much. Thanks a lot, well, Patrick. First, Glad to be here. First, well, we, we need to, to, to let the audience know who's who. So tell you what, Dan, why don't you say your name first? <laughs> How's it going, everybody? I'm Dan. Okay, now John. Hey, everybody, I'm John. 
Okay, well, we can tell the difference right away so we know, we'll know who's talking, all right? Now that we know who's who, audio-wise, uh, let's get to the what. And the what is John the Gun. Where did that name come from, and where did the band come from? What's your evolutionary story? Uh, sure. So um, John the Gun uh, actually started out with an old Twitter handle of mine, <laughs> Um taken from uh, the old Sandy Denny tune, John McGunn. Uh, it's also the name of a very minor character in the movie Snatch, if you're familiar. And we're all big movie buffs, so that's kind of where we grabbed it from. Um, the the evolutionary story of the band, I'll try to keep it simple, um, it started as a bit of a solo project of mine when I was just playing under my name, uh, John Cusimano. I'd recorded an album by myself, and then when that was done, I needed to get a band together to actually play it, and I called upon a couple of my buddies, and Dan was one of them. Um, he joined me on bass, and we started playing music together, and that kind of evolved into uh, a different thing altogether. The sound changed, I think, for the better, and we decided that we should take on a new name and kind of have an identity as an actual band ourselves, rather than just, you know, people playing my music. And uh, here we are. Well, I'm glad you are. Uh, you know, and every band goes through tweaks and changes and and uh, things like that. So this is this is no different. Now, how did your music style evolve with the name? Where, where you, you said it, you went beyond people just playing your music. Well, what, what's what's different from where you started from? Dan, you want to feel that one? Yeah, I, I think all three of us now have. Not to say hugely different uh, tastes in music, but we we have different tastes, and then we also have similar tastes that overlap a little bit. So, I mean, as John said, we all um, we all came together playing some of John's music, uh, which was which was great. But when we all kind of put ourselves together, put put all our heads in the in the same room, it it evolved into something different. So it's um, it's adapted. It's a little bit heavier, I think, than some of the stuff John was originally doing. Um, mm-hmm. But when we got all the Misfit toys together, you know, the, the, our merry band of Misfits together, it, it just adapted into something <laughs> something different. All right. Well, I, I want to play a, a little bit of what that merry band of Misfits uh, does. This is because uh, it sounds like you hit the groove now. This is uh, Ghost. I'm wrong, but to me, that's the signature sound of John the Gun. It, it's tight, it's aggressive rock, and it has very, very ly- interesting lyrics. Now, on that song, I, I know you're not dead, as far as I can tell. Uh, <laughs> you were also never a ship captain. So what are the lines, the salt in the sea and the sun were my life? I took on some water, a son and a wife. I captained my casket and neglecting the shore and all looked so paltry <laughs> sunk down to the floor. Where, where did that come from? That's John's alter ego talking right there. He, he yeah. always wants to be a ship captain. Um, <laughs> when, I, when I write lyrics, I think um, they're largely rooted in, in metaphor. And um, it's sometimes it comes out as more of a story than it does a literal, you know, thought for thought translation of what I'm what I'm thinking. Um, so that became a tune about um, yeah about this the sea captain who basically um, loves his time at sea. He has his family when he's really young, but he he kind of regrets that he, he never fully gives off himself to his family. He always wants to be out at sea. He always wants to be doing what he loves. And, uh, the kind of, it's kind of just a contemplative song. It's about, you know, what is really important in life and at what cost do you chase the things that you love to do? Um, when does it become too much? 
that's sort of where that song's coming from. Okay. There's actually right. a, a there's actually a trend. I, I feel like um, if you listen to the whole album, it, all those songs we didn't really mean it this way, but it sort of happened where they all kind of center around this sort of idea of sort of that captain who's kind of like on a journey and, 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 you know, treading eternally through life. So it's, it's, we didn't really plan it that way from the beginning, but I think it all kind of came, came to fruition towards the end when we looked back on it. Actually, I I noticed that and I was going to ask you about it, but you, you've explained it. So, uh, so I don't have to do that. Uh, Instead, I'm going to play another one of your songs. This is a relevant element. Um, I especially like the lines in this one. song and also um congrats to your drummer that's some very sophisticated drumming going on and uh back there uh, <laughs> well but, he's tuned but, in right now so i'm sure he'll, yeah uh, okay well <laughs> corrado makes my life a lot easier as a bass player he's uh <laughs> he's he's amazing and he it's, it's sometimes I, I lose track of what i'm doing on stage because i'm staring at what he's doing um <laughs> and it's uh, i'm just in awe most of the time so yeah shout out to him well, it, it, it's very sophisticated, too. I mean, it, I, uh, it, it's not only is it sophisticated, but it's at the right level so that you don't notice it because it's getting in the way. You notice it because it's not getting in the way. It just mm-hmm. it, That's what I mean when I say you guys are tight. But there are some lines in there. The second verse. There are holes upon holes in the logic you use. You cannot be right when you're so damn obtuse. Well, first, I can't ever, I can't recall any rock song with the word obtuse in the lyrics. <laughs> All right, so I think that's a first there. But secondly, uh, your logical critique of logic is, definitely deserves a second listening and a third. Now, who wrote that, and what's what's the metaphor that's going on there? Uh, yes, yeah, so I wrote I wrote that one. Most of the lyrics on the album, um, I I wrote. Um, and Relevant Element is, on the whole, it's a song about sort of recognizing your own flaws. And I, I actually wrote the lyrics a, a while back before um, the song had sort of existed in pieces prior to us even putting it together as a band. Um, so I was kind of in a place where I was just questioning how I was going to move forward with my life. Uh, after I graduated college, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I kind of saw a lot of my friends moving on and, and doing things that, you know, they were proud of, and I felt like I was kind of floating around. I wasn't sure if I should pursue music, if I should, you know, get a desk job and, and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, it was just kind of a song about reflecting on, on that. How do you move forward? Well, it certainly works. Um, that's all I, I can say. And, and uh, now I understand where the some of the, the literary uh, references come from. But I have another question for you. Uh, you're all from northern New Jersey. Now, I have driven through there on my way to Passaic, um, and I'm not sure if I went through Nutley, but uh, my recollections are that it's pretty rural and suburban. It's not exactly a cauldron of all alt-rock creativity. <laughs> so, so how did you guys wind up generating music that would be at home in Arlene's Grocery in uh, New York City? <laughs> The uh, cauldron, the cauldron of pain and hurt, <laughs> and despair and not that's, that's a wonderful question. Um, yeah, Dan, why don't you uh, why don't you take a stab at it? <laughs> uh, thanks, John. Um, <laughs> go, go for it. <laughs> no, I, I think we've just all three of us have been into this music or this type of music since we were young. And uh, you know, I have an older brother and, and sister and my father and mother. You know, just all kinds of were the music that they they um, you know put into my mind when I was younger, and then just kind of just kind of growing and always being around the scene it's there's always a been a 
fairly large music scene in in uh, in our area, so it's been easy to kind of jump on board with that and get involved. And I think that's sort of where it stems from. And um, that's sort of my take, John. I don't know. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, Dan pretty much hit the nail on the head, but there's a surprisingly active music scene in just Nutley alone. I mean, we grew up we grew up uh, in a town that's really, you know, it's like a couple miles, a uh, couple miles squared, really. And somehow we were surrounded by really good musicians growing up in high school. There were tons of local bands, and I think in that sense we just got really lucky. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, that that does that. But uh, that that leads me to the other question, at least on, on this album. Uh, how come there are no happy songs? Everything's about death and pain and loss. <laughs> I, you know, I think there's a definite. There's definitely something that exists, some sort of artistic melancholy that I think a lot of musicians share. And it's not that. It's not that I wake up every day and I'm thinking about death. Or drowning at sea, but um, <laughs> but it's just stuff. It's kind of a, you know, it's larger questions in life. It's questions about purpose and questions about what does everything really mean. And at the end of all this, you know, when I'm looking back, what am I going to have to show for it? I think that's just something that I, I think about a lot. Um, and I I just have always been drawn to music that explores those more philosophical questions in life. We may oh, okay. push the happy buttons on the next album. I think that's what we're going to do. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Well, I, I hope you do. And it has nothing to do with it with Nutley. Uh, so let's listen to one of those those songs. This is uh, Happy. First of all, that's just that's another example of how tight your band is. I mean, I really appreciate the the way you you are precise. Now, there's a, a so line much. in Bella shows. You're welcome. Uh, there's a line in there. Uh, this is a song that seems to be directed at a woman the singer wants to marry. the The line is, "Come and strangle me with your sadness and your sorrow. When your friends die young, now go and be something more." Uh, again. The song requires multiple listenings and lots of thought, which is not in, which is not usual for alt rock, particularly kind of alt rock you do. So, so where do the literary influences come from? Um, I, I heard one of you say you you went to college and you all. I feel like you all have PhDs and or, or English majors or something. <laughs> you know, it's funny. The only one of us that had anything to do remotely with writing in college was Carrado, who's not on the call right now. Um, he, he's a and he plays the drums, teacher. right? And he plays drums. Um, no, but. Um, I, I think one thing that I like to do and that, that Dan and, and Corrado like appreciate is that we want our songs to be able to be listened to and just enjoyed for what they are. Like you don't have to know what the lyrics are. You don't have to know what we're saying. Um, we just want you to be able to rock out to them and, and have fun with them. But if you do start to dig into them on a deeper level, we also want there to be something there that maybe everybody can, um, can kind of think about. Um, and Navigator, that, that came from a place where um, actually a couple I feel like I'm the depressing guy on this on this interview. <laughs> um, Cheer up, John. <laughs> there's uh there were a couple instances growing up um in the last couple of years where a couple of our buddies uh who we grew up with uh unfortunately like, passed away due to like drug overdoses and things like that. And um so the song's actually more of a a ballad written from the perspective of some deity, um, talking about how you really have to be accountable for your own actions and um you really have to set, draw the line at a certain point and say it's time to grow up and it's time for me to move on with my life in a positive way. Okay, all right. 
Well, speak of positives, uh, you released a song, uh, Unilateral, which we can't play on the air because it's got some language in it that uh, the FCC doesn't like. <laughs> but uh, sure. it, it was part of a compilation for breast cancer awareness. Did either of you have a woman in your life stricken with breast cancer? When we first, when the opportunity first came, uh, we were working uh, with Frank Mara at uh, Treehouse Sound in in uh, Jersey City, and I think uh, each one of us has had cancer um, touch our lives in one way or the other, whether it be breast cancer or you know another form. Uh, and when we had the opportunity, we you know we just chomped at the bit to uh, to be a part of it, and we were happy to be to be a part of it and raise funds and awareness towards that cause and. Um, John, I don't know if you have any more to add, but that was kind of our our mentality. We we uh, we were glad to be a part of it. Yep, exactly it. Well, well, that to me that raises kind of an interesting question, particularly since the discussion we have with uh, our last guest, who has started a, a a charity on his own. Is is causes larger than yourself uh, part of your lives and or part of your music at all? Um, I think it's. It's something that we're always happy to do and something that we're always trying to make ourselves involved in. I mean, over the years, we put on a couple, or I put on a couple, like, charity shows. Um, we had and, Re- Re- Relay for Life, um, yeah, you know, yeah. tied back in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we used, we've we uh, each individually participated in different uh, Relay for Lives in Nutley, which is, um, you know, an organization that uh, raises money uh, for cancer uh, research and... We, um, yeah, we're, we're definitely always aware of it. We're always looking for opportunities to sort of use our music um, to, to make a positive influence uh, in any way that we can. Um, okay. So while, yeah, yeah, I think that's basically it. Well, I was about to remind our listeners that they are listening to two-thirds of the the members of John the Gun and give them the email address and the phone number, but the emails are coming in, so I think we'll just turn right to our listeners. Uh, Stu in Tampa wants to know... How can three people sound like six? Do you use technology to enhance your sound? Because you certainly sound a, like much more than a trio. Well, thank we, you. <laughs> thanks, Stu. Um, thank you for your question. Um, you know, we try to be very uh, conscious to not overdo it on the record with layering. You know what I mean? We didn't want to have a product that we couldn't play live. Um, and I think as even was saying uh, in your, you know, your, the last interview you just did, uh, a lot of people rely so heavily on post-production and that wasn't something that we really wanted to do. So while there are a couple moments on the album where maybe I'm playing, or there's two tracks of me playing over itself, pretty much everything we do is translated really well live, and we just use a lot of pedals. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. No. Well, one of these days uh, you should uh, post pictures of your pedal boxes on the uh, on your website. Um, I'm actually in the midst of uh, of putting some new ones together. So as soon as I have it done, I'll put an Instagram up. All right. Well, if you if you ever come to 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 LA, I don't know if you play Gibson guitars or not, but but Gibson has a great showroom with uh, every single kind of pedal box and guitar in the world, and you should take a look. Or you should go to Nam. You should really see them there. Um, Stuart in in Tampa. Uh, I'm sorry. No. Uh, Ile in Compton. Uh, Patrick mentioned touring. Do you plan a West Coast tour? We we have no plans yet for a West Coast tour. Um, we've been uh, we've been milking our our area as much as we possibly can. Um, we haven't uh, ventured too far out of the Northeast yet. But uh, we, of course, wouldn't rule it out. Um, you know, we're just starting to put plans together for the spring and the summer and and uh, reaching out to venues and, and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, we certainly wouldn't rule rule out hitting the West Coast. Well, since, since there are about 300 venues in Los Angeles, this is a rich territory to look into. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, I, I didn't. Do they have music in, in L.A.? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure there's a little bit of music going on. <laughs> right. Um, Hassan in Palo Alto says, I love it. You should publish your lyrics as poetry. Oh, thanks, Hassan. <laughs> Means a lot. Uh, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll look into getting some publishing deals on the table so we can <laughs> have another source of income. <laughs> so, you know, that, that that reminds me. I don't, I don't know who was it that, that said it, but um, 
I've, I've heard it said that poetry is alive and well. It's called lyrics. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you mentioned it before. It's just an, it's another layer of the song that that um, that you can peel back. And it's like even when we're putting together songs, and and I hear the sometimes I don't know all the lyrics until we lay it down in the studio. I'm like, wait, John, when, where did that come from? Like, and it's just kind of it amazes me, you know, each time you hear something new in a song, it's pretty cool. Well, we're gonna play uh, one more song, but I have one more e- email that. Uh, I- question that uh, I think really does need answering, and that's Regina in Tucson wants to know, how much do you practice? That's a good how question. How much do we practice? Uh, about once a week. Um, yeah, we try to. We try to do once a week uh, on Tuesday nights. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, so about, about three to four times a month, I would say. Boy, it sounds like a lot more. Well, we are almost out of time, but I wanted to, to play a little bit of this song, um, and listen to the intro and the way you harmonize. This is Please Advise. Sure. songs with the the great happy lyrics in it uh, that was please advise and i love the uh, the harmonizing like that it feels like part of your signature unfortunately we are just we are just about out of time john and dan i want to thank you for taking the time to be with us today thank, thank you, you so really much, appreciate Patrick. it and thanks for everybody who's listening in uh we love you guys and well since you love them so much maybe they can love you tell them where they can get your music Sure. So our album is called Tread Eternal. You can uh, download it on iTunes, Amazon Music, CD Baby would be the three major ones. Um, you can actually order physical copies of it on CD Baby if you're that kind of old school person like we are. <laughs> um, and Spotify. And Spotify. And, uh, yes, and Spotify. Okay. And our, right, and our that... website is uh, johnthegun.com. You can find out all info there, all kinds of cool yep. stuff. Indeed, okay. Indeed. And does it have your tour schedule on it? It does. All the uh, all the uh, tour dates are up there. And you are going to Arlene's Grocery in uh, in, in New York, aren't you? Yes, we will. That will, uh, April second, we'll be in Arlene. So all the uh, northern New Jersey, New York City, come out and and uh, have some fun. Yeah, come out and say hi. And for those of you who are not denizens of New York City, Arlene's Grocery is not a grocery store. <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's a bar with a great venue. And if I recall, the venue is downstairs. So Yes. Yes, it's a great venue. All right. Well, that's uh, www.johnthegun.com or iTunes or Amazon Music, or you can stream them on Spotify. Thanks again, uh, John Cusimano and Dan Jerick, two-thirds of the band John the Gun. You have been listening to Music Friday Live with Patrick O'Heffernan from Cyber Station USA and Blog Talk Radio and our radio affiliates. If you like our Facebook page and you follow our Twitter feed, you'll get a real-time update on our guests. Our producer is Lars Christensen. Our program director is Jason Bartlebin. Our intern is Angeline Serrano. Thank you, Angeline, for keeping all of our social media up to date. Um, you can download this and other Music Friday programs at blogtalkradio.com slash musicfriday or on iTunes. You can also get us on iTunes. And don't forget, you can also listen to us on Stitcher, too. So that's blogtalkradio.com slash musicfriday. All of our programs are there. You can download us as a podcast. And don't forget that if you're listening to us on a podcast, go ahead and email your your questions and comments in. We'll forward them on to the the artist. Be here next Friday. Our guest will be Daisy House, another phenomenon 
and Laura Jean Anderson. Plus, plus, we're going to have a surprise guest, and our surprise guest is going to invite you, if you're particularly if you're in the LA market, invite you to attend a balcony TV music party. That's right, a balcony TV music party. So don't miss that one. Check our Twitter stream and our Facebook page, and we will update you on the guests who are going to be on next week. And that's it for now. Have a great musical weekend. Navigator by John McGowan. All right, see you. See you all next week. Have a great musical weekend.